0: What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, upload episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host, like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go. Good evening, new and current listeners from all around the world. That's tuning in. That's tuning in today on this show from areas of Long Island, the USA, plus the regional spots of the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your host with the most, G Money stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka host with the most, aka. The Gregonator, aka rookie podcaster of Queens, New York. And, and you're now listening and rocking with Meticulous Five Juice Podcast, the show that where we reviewed the bodies of work of music artists such as singers, rappers, movies, TV shows. You just name it. And and yes, this is this is the eighth episode. Um, give it up for that. Now I do. I do apologize for not recording last week. I needed some time to, you know, t- take care of my um myself as far as my mental health and stuff. Um, and plus my laptop is down, so I'm actually using a tablet until I get me another one hopefully by by um the eighteenth the 18th of this month so for now i'm gonna be using a tablet to record from now on so with that being said if you are new if you are a new listener and you miss any previous episodes of the show don't worry I got you all you have to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel, Meticulous vibe Juice Podcast. Be sure to enable alerts. Be sure to leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and be sure to to um, enable alerts with the notification bell alongside with um, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Leave a, leave a like and be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend share the videos with your friends and also share the podcast with all your streaming platforms, with your friends as well. Um, Now that I got that out the way, now that I got that out the way, time for some music Kool-Aid. Music Kool-Aid is the segment of today that um, we encounter of a music artist who we have heard over the years, from his his song um, "Return of the Mac," and and the artist goes by the name of Mark Morrison. So we're going to review his music today, alongside with um, the audio stream, the the audio um, streams of his music, of course. Um. So here we go. Um. All right. Mark Morrison, born May 3rd, 1972, is a British R&B singer. His single return of the map became number one or top ten hit in several European countries in 1996. The song peaked at number two in the United States the following year. Um, We're going to go to his his discography. Actually, let's go to his career, how his career started. Um, Mark Morrison's first official career uh, uh, excuse me, official recording was the 1993 vinyl release Where's Where's I Love? pressed on his own private Joe Mel label. In May 1995, Morrison released his debut single Crazy, which became a top 20 hit in the UK and was a club favorite. The following up single, Let's Get Down, also entered the top 40. They were followed in the spring of 1996 by Return of the Mac, which is one of my favorite tracks by the way, um, which became a smash international hit, spending two weeks at the top of the UK single starts. His debut album, also titled Return of the Mac, followed, followed and became a multi-platinum success. It reached number four in the UK chart and sold 300, no, excuse me, 3 million albums worldwide. It spun off several more hit singles over the next year. Crazy Remix, Trippin', Horny, and Moan and Groan would all reach the UK top 10, making him the first artist in British pop history to have five top 10 hits from a debut album. Although his career was going well, Morrison was constantly in trouble with the police. In 1997, he was imprisoned. The same year he received numerous nominations, four Brit award nominations. A Mercury Prize nomination. Sorry about the motorcycle, folks. I can't control that. An MTV Europe Music Awards nomination and five Music of Black Origin Awards nominations. Returning to Mac began to climb its way to number two on the American Billboard charts, receiving platinum status. It stayed on the Billboard charts for a lengthy 40 weeks. Morrison had one minor U.S. hit, 1997's Moan and Grown, which went to number 76. Morrison performed at the 1997 Brit Awards. The performance influenced W.E.A. and Morrison to release Only God Can Judge Me, a nine-track EP, which contains live performances, interviews, prayers, and three full-length songs, including Who's the Mac, which reached number 13 in the UK. Morrison appeared on the 1999 Brit Awards, where he presented an award, introduced Whitney Houston, and, and announced his return to music. In September 1999, a single title Best Friend featuring Connor Reeves and Gabrielle became Morrison's ninth top 40 hit single reaching number 23 on the UK single charts. The following year, it was announced by Billboard that Morrison had signed a five year worldwide deal with Death Row Records founder Sugar Knight, making him the first and only European British artist to be signed with Death Row Records. He later signed to soccer player Kevin Campbell's two week we label in 2003. His only release for, for the label, a single entitled Just a Man slash Backstabbers, was a minor UK hit reaching number 48 in the UK singles chart in August 2004. <clears throat> in May 2006, Morrison released the limited edition CD slash DVD album entitled Innocent Man in the United Kingdom on his private label, Mac Life Records slash Mona Records. The title track, Innocent Man, featuring DMX, SIP, was released in March 2006. It was well-received and reached number 46 on the UK singles chart in 2007. He was featured on the hip hop artist Cassie's single titled Innocent Misunderstood from the bars, the Barry Adrian Reese story album. The track sampled Morrison's vocals from Innocent Man and charted on Billboard's Bubbling Under Singles chart. On on January 29, 2007, he released the single titled Dance for Me. Featuring Tanya Stevens. it was the fourth single to be released from his album *Instant Man*. The official music video was directed by Ray Ray, excuse me, Ray K. Released on iTunes in 2020. In 2012, Mark Morrison appeared as a guest feature on Houston rapper Trader Truce. I'm on 2.0. Um, which featured notable rappers Big Crit, Jada Kiss, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, B.O.B. Tiger, Gutter Gutta, and Bun B. A music video for um on two point two point zero starring Morrison and all artists featured was released on the third of June. Also in June 2012, he announced the release of a single t- titled "Ain't No Good." The single was set to be released by um, July 29, 2013, and paid homage to the charity Refuge. Um, the single was unsuccessful and shelved before release. It will ultimately ultimately remain unreleased. In June 2013, Morrison released a music video to I Am What I Am, shot by um, this guys of vision, Visionaire Pictures with the release date set for the single on iTunes of S- September 1st, 2013. Despite being a fan favorite, the single was shelved and removed from purchase before its release. On October 20th, 2013, he released a single titled um, N-A-N-G 2.0 featuring Crooked Eye and Shawnee. On July 7th, 2014, Morrison released an EP titled I Am What I Am. The EP included the singles I Am What I Am and NANG 2.0 with five additional new songs. In May 2017, a series of Burger King commercials for Mac and Cheetos featured a remix of Morrison's classic entitled Return of the Mac and Cheetos. <laughs> wow. In 2021, Morrison was featured alongside Chris Brown on G-Eazy's single, Provide, singing its intro as it sampled his classic single, Return to Mac. Okay. um, Hold on, folks, as I take a drink. <clears throat> All right. We're going to go to his discography. All right. So, studio albums. You got Returning to Mac, 1996. And it's a man, 2006. Extended plays, Only God Can Judge Me, 1997. And last, I Am What I Am, 2014. Wow. So for those of you who may, may, may not know where Mark Morrison has been doing, he is he has his own record label company. Um basically, basically he's the he's the owner of it. So that's why you don't really hear him making any more music like that anymore. Um so Um, overall, um, I'll get to the verdict at the end of the show. So, so don't worry about that. Um, now we go to, um, some, now we go to some movies. Um, we're going to go to the filmography of I'm going to get you sucker. I was little when that movie. I was little when that movie came out, though. So, um, here we go. I'm gonna get you suckers. A 1988 American black exploitation parody film, written, directed by, and starring Keenan Ivory Wayans in his feature film directorial debut. Featured in the film are several noteworthy African American actors who were part of the genre of black exploitation. Jim Brown, Bernie Casey, Antonio Fargas, and Isaac Hayes. Other actors in the film are Kadeem um, Hardison, Janae Dubois, John Winspoon, S.I.P., um, Damon Wayans, Clarence Williams III, and Chris Rock. The film is also the f- the film debut of comedian Robin Harris, who appears as a bartender. Interesting. Um, all right, so I'm not even gonna go. Well, wait, I'm not even gonna go over the casting, but you guys could look it up for yourselves. Um, we're gonna go over the critical reception. Um, <clears throat> so here we go. I'm gonna get your sucker has a rating of 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus on the website saying that the film puts a satirical spin on 70s nostalgia with a comedy whose somewhat scattershot laughs are often offset by pure energetic silliness. The film opened with rave responses from the Black community. African American audience members were thrilled to attend the screening of a movie filled with Black actors about A Black Film Genre, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, received critical receptions that were wide-ranging and numerous in viewpoint. To To the urban public, the parody film perfectly captured the era of Black exploitation films in the 1960s and the 1970s. Critics also noted Wayne's ability to satirically capture the era of the buck in black sportation film, the white man's notion of the all powerful, brutal black man. In her analysis of the film, Harriet um, Margulis writes that this is not because um, Jack consciously chooses to reject his mother's values as that he wants to establish his own based on the macho heroic values he learned during the heyday of black exploitation films. Robert Skullar wrote, the black exploitation film movement quickly developed into a phenomenon not of an African-American audience, but of a specific sub, excuse me, specific subgroup a segment of a segment, young urban males. So often the perspective and narratives of young black women were left out or included as the background in many of these films during the 1970s. (laughs) Critics of the film argued that the film not only failed at producing humor in its use of black stereotypes, but generally was not funny. Chicago Sun-Times film critic Roger Ebert wrote, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker is a comedy that feeds off the black exploitation movie, and although like all good satires, it is cheerfully, willingly to be offensive, it is almost completely incapable of being funny. There was also a concern about the perception of the film by the white movie-going audience. The film's villain, Mr. Big, is not only a white man, but... A white man responsible for the deterioration of an inner black, excuse me, inner city black community. Oh boy. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Um, I'm not even gonna go over the uh, television pilot. I'm not even gonna go over that. So let's see. Um, in 2001. I'm going to get you sucker was released on DVD in and, and in 2010 it was digitized in high definition 1080 and released on MGM HD. Now um of course one of the movies I've seen um is Most Wanted which will be the next one to be reviewed. So most wanted is a 1997 American action thriller film starring Kenan Ivy Williams and John Voight directed by David Glenn Hogan. Um let's see. So, I'm not even going to go I'm not even going to go over the the plot and the um cast. You guys probably know about the the, the synopsis already. I'm not going to go over that. But you guys could look it up for yourselves. So, you know what I mean. So, most want to receive negative reviews from critics as it currently holds a rating of 15% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 26 reviews. Audiences po- polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of C+ on an A+ plus to F scale. John Voight was nominated for Golden Raspberry. Um, award for Worst supporting Actor for his performance in both this film and U-Turn but lost the trophy to Dennis Rodman for a Double Team. Man I don't think Dennis Rodman was, was much of an actor anyway so he only did one fucking movie so I don't know. Um <laughs> Oh man so Paul Buckmaster wrote the score for the film. Its soundtrack was released by Milan Records on October 14, 1984, 1997. Oh, wow. So um, the box office made $11,838,218. The budget was $25 million. Um that's crazy, man. Um, I'll get to the I'll get to my verdict in a second before before the end of the show, so don't worry. Um next movie is one of the one of the classics is a low down dirty shame. A low down dirty shame is a nineteen eighty four American no, American action comedy film written, directed by, and starring Kenan Ivory Williams. The film also stars Charles S. Dutton, Jada Pickett, and Sally Richardson. Um. Okay. Um, all right. So, we're going to go over the soundtrack. So, the a, a soundtrack containing hip-hop and R&B was released On November 8th, 1994, by Hollywood Records and Jive Records, it peaked at number 70 on the Billboard 200 and number 14 on the top R&B hip-hop albums charts. Now we go to the reception. Um, Before we go to the reception, let me get a little drink. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, on review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes with 21 reviews. The film has a rare approval rating of 0%, meaning no favorable re- reviews whatsoever, receiving an average rating of 3.6 out of 10. The website's credits consensus reads in quote a trifecta of failure for writer, director, star Kenyan Waynes A lowdown dirty shame lives repeatedly and absolutely, and resolutely down to its title. Oh boy. Top ten words not ranked. Dan Webster, the Spokesman Review. Top 18 words alphabetically listed not ranked. Michael Mills, the Palm Beach Post. Oh boy. Oh boy. Damn, that's gotta suck, man. <laughs> that's gotta suck. That's gotta suck right there, man. Um, um, let's see. Let's see. You know, I didn't even know he do di- he um basically directed a different world. So let's go over different worlds, shall we? Um a different world is an American sitcom. Um, and a spin spinoff to The Cosby Show, a television series that aired for six seasons on NBC from September 24th, 1987 to July 9th, 1993. The series originally centered on Denise Hospital, Lisa Bonet, and the life of students at Hillman College. By the way, folks, Hillman is not a real college, man. It's a fictional college. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you can't find Hillman College in Brooklyn, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I I had to I had to say it though, man. But yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, a fictional historically black college in Virginia. <laughs> Well, yeah, you can't find it in Brooklyn. You can't find it in Virginia. So it's not like you're going to be able to go to Virginia to find that college anyway. So it's not real, folks. (laughs) It was inspired by student life at historically black colleges and universities. After Bonet's departure in the first season, the remainder of the series primarily focused more on Southern Belle, Whitley, Gilbert, Wayne, which is Jasmine Guy. And math with Dwayne. Um, Dwayne Wayne by Kadeem Har- Hardison. Yeah. So um maybe I should go over the casting. Um, so Jasmine Guy, you got Kadine Hardison, Loretta Devine, Don Lewis, Mary Alice. Darryl M. Mbell, Sinbad, on um, Charnell Brown, Cree Summer, Glenn Turman, Lou Myers, AJ Sanders, Jada Picky Smith, and Karen Molina White. Um. So we're gonna go to. We're gonna go to the. Uh, wait. The connections. Okay. As a, show, as a show developed by Bill Cosby for a character from The Cosby Show, a different world may, had many connections to its parent program, even before the latter program was created. The third season finale of The Cosby Show entitled Hillman was essentially a pilot episode for the new show. The theme shown was co-written by Stu Gardner, Bill Cosby, and Don Lewis, who was also a cast member. In the online interviews related to the 2006 Hillman College reunion, Lewis revealed that her being approached to write the song and to audition were two separate events that occurred within a short time of each other, such that she thought it was a practical joke by her friends. The song was performed by Phoebe Snow in season one, then by Aretha Franklin, um, seasons two through five, and Boys to Men and Terrence Fawcett in season six. The spinoff program featured many appearances by characters from the Pan Program, especially in the initial season, in which Denise's father, Cliff Huxtable, um, <clears throat> Bill Cosby, mother Claire Huxtable, Felicia Bouchard, younger sisters Vanessa Huxtable, Tempest Bledsoe, and Rudy, and Rudy, brother Theodore Huxtable, Malcolm Jamal Warner, who is now on The Resident, um, and grandfather Russell Earl Hyman, all appeared on the show, either at Hillman or at the other end of A Phone Call. Denise's departure from Hillman after season one did not stop her mother from appearing on the show. Three of Felicia Richard's four appearances as Hillman alumna Claire Hostable took place after season one. And in one of these, she brought her younger daughter, Vanessa, to tour the college. Sandra, played by Sabrina Lee, um, Sabrina Lee, Um, both in the parent series was the only Huxtable Child not to appear on the show. Um, Martin, Joseph C. Phillips, and Olivia, um, which is raven Simone, appear in season three episode Forever Hold Your Peace along with Felicia Rashad and Lisa Bonet, um, Elvin, Jeffrey Owens, and Pam um, Erica Alexander also never appeared on the show. Okay, producer, director, Debbie Allen is the real life sister of Felicia Rashad. I didn't know that. Um, Allen made one guest appearance on The Cosby Show playing an aggressive aer- aerobics instructor who helps Claire slim down for a special occasion. Allen appeared in a, in later seasons in a recurring role as Whitley's psychiatrist. Dwayne and Whitley also visit the Huxtable home in an episode featuring the revelation that Denise had married and would not return to Hillman. A young Kadeem Hardison appeared on The Cosby Show as one of Theo's Theo Huxtable's friends, excuse me, in the first season of excuse me, first season episode, A shirt Story, though not playing Dwayne. Sinbad also appeared on The Cosby Show as a car salesman in third season episode, Say Hello to a Goodbye. Um, A Hillman alumna by the name of Luis Sujay was mentioned on both Cosby and A Different World by Claire Huxable, Whitley, Gilbert, and her mother, um, Marion. Like Lisa Bonet, Karen Molina White brought her, the Cosby Show character, to Hillman. Um, Charmaine was the best friend of Claire Huxtable's cousin, Pam Tucker. White's Cosby Show co-star Alan Payne turned down an offer to bring his role as Charmaine's boyfriend, um, Lance Rodman, to a different world as a regular during season six. Preferring instead to pursue a movie career, he and Jada Pinkett starred in the 1994 film Jason's Lyric, which is considered to be a milestone in both their careers. Payne did appear in one episode during season five in which Charmaine visits Hellman as a prospective student, bringing Lance along to see if he can gain admission as well. When Charmaine arrives at Hillman, she and Lance are maintaining a long-distance relationship, and he is mentioned in multiple episodes. Lance and Charmaine later break up over the phone. Wow. Hold that thought. All right. Years later, Tempest Bledsoe, who played Vanessa on Cosby, and Daryl M. Bell, who played Ron on A Different World, became a real-life couple and co-starred on the 2009 Fox Reality Channel series House Husbands of Hollywood. Hillman College is a fictional, historically Black college funded in 1881 and located in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, The exact locality of the school is never never revealed. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Like I said, you're not gonna find it in Virginia, man, because it's not a real college, man. Oh man, the exact locality of the school is never revealed, but several geographic references are made which allude to the campus either being located somewhere in the Hampton Roads area or in the um Roanoke metropolitan area. The school's model is Deuce Nondum T. Confiscate, which literally translates from Latin to God has not yet finished you. The school colors are maroon and gray. Visual shots of the Hillman campus that were used in the series were actually filmed at two real life black colleges, Clark Atlanta University and Spelman College, both in Atlanta, Georgia. Also, HSP um HSBU is also in, in um, Atlanta as well. Um, so the first references to Hillman on the Cosby show were made during season one when it mentioned as the place where Cliff Hustable and Claire Hanks went to school while they were engaged. Cliff's father, Russell, is also a Hillman alumnus. alumnus. The school made its first on screen appearance in the third season finale of The Cosby Show titled Hillman, when Cliff and Claire and their family attend a human commencement ceremony, which also honored a retiring professor. Okay. All right. So, Urban Works on the home media released. Season one of A Different World on DVD in region one on November 8th, 2005. Several release dates for a season two DVD were announced May 2006, July 2006, and September 2006, but the DVD was never released. Urban Works was acquired by First Look Studios in early 2006. The distribution rights for the series have since reverted to the production company Carsey Warner Productions. FilmWise has currently made the series available on streaming services, especially Amazon Prime. Wow. Who knew? Now we go to the uh, reception. All right. um, hang, hang in there, guys, as we get through this episode. um. So the ratings goes like this. Critics say that A Different World benefited from airing between The Cosby Show and Cheers on Thursday night. The show consistently ranked first or second among African-American viewers during most of its run. Um, Okay. So 22, 22, 24th. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even gonna go I'm not even gonna go over the um the, the the ratings. I'm not even gonna go over that. Let's go to the media reaction, shall we? Okay, here we go. The Hollywood reporter is quoted as stating that when Debbie Allen became the producer and usually director of a different world after the first season. She transformed it from a bland Cosby spinoff into a lively, socially responsible and assembled situation comedy. The Museum of Broadcast Communications states that Debbie Allen, a graduate of historically black Howard University drew from her college experiences in an effort to accurately reflect in the show the social and political life on black campuses. Moreover, Allen instituted a yearly spring trip to Atlanta where series writers visited three of the nation's leading black colleges, Clark Atlanta, Morehouse, and Spelman. During these visits, ideas for several of the episodes emerged from meetings with students and faculty. On August 23rd and 24th, 2012, Debbie Allen, the former chief creative force of a different world from 1988 to 1993, wrote on Twitter that she wanted to reboot the series. Over a million people on Facebook, Twitter, and blogs reacted to the tweet and approved the potential reboot. Mm, well, I'm not so sure about a reboot, though, man. I mean, I mean, um, I'll probably go, I'll probably go over that on my other show, which I will record on this week or next week in future episode about how I feel about, um, you know, TV reboots and stuff. So I'm not going to do it in, in this episode right here. So anyway, impact on African-American culture because of Debbie Allen's influence as the producer and usually director of A Different World after the first season. African-American youth who watched the show often cite it as a defining reason why many of them decided to attend a historically black college or university. Um, okay. In August 2006, Nick at Night aired a week-long marathon showing episodes of A Different World. Lisa Bonet, Don Lewis... Jasmine Guy, Kadeem Hardison, Daryl M. Bell, Cree Summer, and Sinbad reunited for short vignettes that provide a glimpse of the current state of their characters. Nick and Knight's Hillman College reunion website added details beyond those on television. Wow. Um, so historically black colleges and universities list of highest rated television pilots on September 24th, 1987. The pilot episode of A Different World became the highest rated television pilot in history. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, hold on. <clears throat> all right let me let me see what else I'm, I want to go over um let me see it's gotta be another it's gotta be another thing that he did let me see it's gotta be another one that he did hold on. Um. Let me see. Okay. Hold on. Let me get you stuck here. Um. He did do a linen color. So. So let's go over that. Um. All right. So we got another TV show to 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 review. All right. Living Color is an American sketch comedy television series that originally ran on Fox from April 15, 1990 to May 19, 1994. Keen Ivory Wayne created, wrote, and starred in the program. The show was produced by Ivory Way Productions in association with 28 Television and was taped at Stage 7 at the Fox Television Center on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Um, all right, so, it did five seasons. I didn't even know it did five seasons. That's crazy. Um, okay, so, the title of the series was inspired by the NBC announcement of broadcasts being presented in Living Color during the 1960s prior to, to mainstream color television, it also refers to the fact that most of the show's cast was black. Unlike other sketch comedy shows such as Saturday Night Live, whose casts were mostly white at the time. It was controversial due to the Wayne's decision to portray black humor from a raw and uncut perspective in a time when mainstream American tastes regarding black comedy had been set by shows such as The Cosby Show, causing an eventual feud for control between Fox executives and the Waynes. All right. Um, Other members of the Waynes family includes Damon, Kim, Sean and Marlon had regular roles while brother Dwayne frequently appeared as an extra. The show also starred several previous unknown comedians and actors, including Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, and Takia Crystal um, Kima. The show introduced Jennifer Lopez and Carrie Ann Inaba as members of In Living Colors Dance. Trope, the Fly Girls, with actress Rosie Perez serving as choreographer. The show was immensely popular in its first two seasons, capturing more than a 10 point N- Nielsen rating. In the third and fourth seasons, ratings faltered as the Wayne Brothers fell out with the Fox network's leadership over creative control and rights. The series won the prime time Emmy Award for Outstanding Variety Music or Comedy Series in 1990. The series gained international prominence for its bold move and its all-time high ratings gained by airing a live episode special episode, excuse me, as a counter program for the halftime show of U.S. leader CBS's live telecast of Super Bowl um Not sure what the number is, so I'm not even going to attempt that. Prompting the National Football League to book A-list acts for future game entertainment, starting with Michael Jackson the following year. In 2018, a history of the show Homie Don't Play That by David Peisner was released by 37 Inc., an imprint of Simon & Schuster. Oh, boy. Yes. Um, okay. Um, now, before I even keep going with this, though, man, um, hold on. Let me see. All right. I recently spoke about um, how important ownership is when it comes to creating your craft, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, whether it's a uh, a podcast, or whatever, it, whatever it is that you created and started, um, you shouldn't have to really, you shouldn't have to really worry too much about, um, you know, corporations trying to take away your your, your craft and and how, um, how you know, corporations trying to take away on um, creative control. Now, creating control. Is you know freedom, creative freedom, and the thing about creative freedom to me comes with responsibility. Um, there's a saying that I've been hearing over the years, um, it goes something like this With great power comes with great responsibility. And what that means is you have to be accountable on your stuff. Meaning you don't meaning you don't necessarily have to like you know you don't necessarily have to be under a label to get noticed. I see how a lot of people um, promote their stuff like the old-fashioned way versus um, versus right now. And and I bring this up because you know with technology growing, it there's a there's a good and the bad and it's a gift and a curse. But I'm not gonna get into deep with that one right there. But the moral of the story to the Wayne's Brothers situation with um Fox years ago and stuff like that is is you know to make sure you have creative control of what you started and what you created. Because ownership, at the end of the day, is the most important key here. Not sh- not giving a- not giving your stuff away to a corporation that doesn't understand your vision. You know what I'm saying? And that, my friend, is the lesson of the day. All right, ownership, creative control, and creative freedom. Great power. Comes with great responsibility. All right. Now, <clears throat> now that I got that out the way, let's continue where I left off here. So we go to the broadcast and syndication. Originally produced by 20th Television on Fox, the series was in reruns on local affiliates for a few years, but has since become a long standing mainstay on FX and FXX. Which had been sister station, oh, sister channels, to be exact, to Fox prior to being acquired by Walt Disney Company. In syndication, the series is distributed by Disney and ABC Domestic Television. Reruns have also aired on MTV, Two, VH1, Comedy Central, Newell TV, Fusion, BET. And centric. While the series currently airs on Aspire and TV One as of September 2020, unlike past re- unlike past runs on FX and the Viacom Media Networks, the FXX cut of episodes are mostly uncut and censored. The music video parodies. And spoken references to licensed songs have been reinstated. But the Bolt 45 sketch, the Drop the Soap line, and the Men on Football sketch. um, Hold on, folks. Yes. I'm recording, yeah, sorry about that folks i had to, had to take care of something um hold on a minute here. um, where did I leave off? okay, yes. Um, the music video parodies and spoken references to licensed songs have been reinstated, but the Bolt 45 sketch, the drop, the soap line, and the men on football sketch with the ab lines about Richard Gibbs and Carl Lewis's alleged homosexuality are still edited. Um, though the facial ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, a red shot on men on fitness was reinstated along with a line from the fire, season fire sketch Fire Marshal Bill at the Magic Show that makes reference to the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Sheesh. The missing line uh, is, in quote, that's what they said about the World Trade Center, son. But me and my friend Abdul and a couple of pounds of plastic explosives showed them different. Bill's laugh and his catchphrase, let me show you something, was also cut abruptly due to the September 11, 2001 attacks. The Best of and Living Color aired on My Network TV from April 16 to June 18, 2008. Hosted by David Allen Greer, it was a retrospective feature featuring classic sketches, along with cast interviews and behind-the-scenes footage. The show aired on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 Central, after my network TV sitcom, Under One Roof. So, Home media 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment was released, has released all five seasons of In Living Color on DVD in Region One. Due to music licensing issues, some sketches have been edited to remove any and all mention of licensed songs from characters waxing lyrical to attire performances, including the music video parodies and some of the Fly Girls dancing into the stituals additionally the bolt 45 sketch which aired one time only on may 5th 1990 was omitted and the soap portion of the drop the soap line in the second men on film sketch has been muted damn okay um dvd name okay season 1 um, okay, episode 13, April 6th, 2004. Season 2, um, 26 episodes, September 28th, 2004. Season 3, um, episodes 20, 28, 28 episodes, May 10, 2005. Season 4, 33 episodes, October 25th, 2005. Season 5, um, 26 episodes, April 11, 2006. Now we go to the reception. Um, so 1990 to nineteen eighty-one, number 62, 10.5 rating. 1981 to 1992, 42, 12.2 rating. Um, 1992 to nineteen eighty-three, number 53, 10.4 rating. 1993, 1984, 90. 7.6 rating. Um, now, the awards. Image Awards, 1994, for Outstanding Variety Series. Image Awards, 1992, for Outstanding Comedy Series. PGA Awards, 1992, for Most Promising Producer in Television, Keenan Ivy Wayans. People's Choice Award, 1991, for Favorite New TV Comedy Series, tied with The Simpsons. TV Land Awards 2012 for a groundbreaking show shared with whole cast. Primetime Emmy 1990 for outstanding variety music or comedy series. Okay, crossovers. At the 2006 BET Awards, when the show returned from one of its commercial breaks, the show's host Damien Waynes played a character very reminiscent to men on Critic Blaine Edwards. Eleven Color alums Damon Waynes, Jim Carrey, and David Allen Greer reprised some of their Eleven Color characters on Saturday Night Live. Damon Wayans, a featured player during the show's 11th season, hosted in a, an episode from SNL's 20th season in 1995, Where he brought on two of his famous in Living Color characters, Homeless, Weeno, Um, Anton Um Jackson, and gay film critic Blaine Edwards. In the latter sketch, David Allen Greer made a surprise on set appearance as as um Antoine Meriwether Greer himself would also host SNL on December 9th, 1985, season 21, and January 18th, 1987, season 22, but did not reprise any of his In Living Color characters during those respective um, episodes. Jim Carrey auditioned to be one of the repertory members on SNL's ill-fated 1980-1981 season, but was dropped in favor of Charles Rocket, who later appeared in the 1988, 1988 to be exact, film, Earth Girls Are Easy. And, and the 1984 film, Dumb and Dumb, which I see already, um with Carrie, Carrie also auditioned for the 1985-1986 season, um, season 11, but backed out after seeing a man threatening to jump from 30 Rockefeller Center, believing that the stress of working on Saturday Night Live would drive Kerry to suicide. Damn! Carey hosted the season finale of SNL's 21st season in 1996, where he impersonated Far Marshal Bill during the monologue. Carey's most recent hosting stint in October 2014, involved a Carrie family reunion sketch in which Cicely Strong plays Carrie's aunt, who is modeled after Fire Marshal Bill. Jamie Foxx reprised his role as Wanda in a short segment at the 2009 BET Awards. In 1987, three of the Fly Girls also appeared in the 11th episode of Muppets Tonight. Second season. In 1987, film Live, Lie, Jim Carrey reprises his five Marshal Bill character in the background of one of the closing scenes. The February 10, 2001 episode of Saturday Night Live, hosted by Jennifer Lopez, included a sketch where Lopez reunited the flag with the Fly Girls, played by Rachel Dratch, Jerry Minor, and Tracy Morgan. Attempt revival. I've been hearing a lot about the the, the, the attempt to um, revive *Living um, Color*. So, um, anyway, in 2011, there were plans to make a revival of the original original series that featured a new cast, characters, and sketches. The pilot episodes were hosted and executive produced by original series creator and cast member Ken Rains. In early 2012. Tabitha and Napoleon Guillermo were hired as the choreographers. The cast, the new lineup of the Fly girls, and shot pilot episodes for the show, which were set to air on Fox, like the original. However, on January 8, 2013, King, Ivory Waynes confirmed the reboot had been canceled because he and Fox did not feel that the show was sustainable after one season. <clears throat> reported cast members included Cooper Barnes Jennifer Bartels Sydney Castillo Josh Duvendek Jermaine Fowler Ayanna Hampton Callie Hawk and Laura Howery in addition featured cast members were Henry Cho Melanie Minichino and Chris Lidecker members of the New five Girls included Christina Chandler, Tara Perez, Lisa Rosenthal, Katie Sheen, and Whitney Wiley. Many of the cast members of the revival, Bartels, Fowler, and Harry, went on to create the true TV sketch show Friends of the People. Alright, the legacies, um, okay, singer Bruno Mars paid tribute to the television program in the music video Finesse. Yes, that that was pretty interesting right there though, man. Um, so you know, I'm sorry to hear that um that it didn't work out. And that's going to and that's going to conclude this episode of of episode eight of meticulous vibe juice podcast relaxation while on laid back mode. All right, now. Um, overall, the topics that we reviewed today, um, of course, I have to say they are classics. Um, They are fire. And of course, you'll never forget the the, the bodies of work of masterpieces, like a living color. You got um, a, a different world. You got you got um, you know, you got you got old movies like "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." You got old movies like "Um, Most Wanted" and "A Low Down Dirty Shame." They're all classics, fire, and you know, masterpieces. I don't really care about the stupid critics and shit like that. I really don't fucking care about them. But I will say, but I will say though, after watching "Um, A Low Down Dirty Shame" and "Most Wanted" years ago, it was I find it pretty interesting to watch, actually, to get my mind off of politics. So, and you know what? Speaking of politics, um, <clears throat> speaking of politics, um, you can follow, you can follow me on Instagram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. All right. Also, you can follow. Follow me on Twitch t.tv TV slash GMoneyStacks55 Queens New York, and like I said about my Instagram handle, uh, which is um, which is GMoneyStacks55 in Queens New York. Also, also you can follow my other show, which is. Which is on Facebook and Instagram with this with the same name, all in one word. Off the Meat Rat Change New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word. And I put that in, and I'll put that in the description episode. Um, and also, um, you can um, you can go to the link in the bio of the 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 podcast page, which is um. I am going to get rid of the, the one the three-letter word in the username. So when I take it off after after Wednesday or the date the day of which is which is Wednesday of course, um don't worry. It's still the same page. All right. Now the link is in the bio of the podcast page where it's where it says Where it has linktree slash meticulous vibe juice podcast, and I want to go over the um, the audio streaming platforms for a sec. Um, You can find the podcast on on Anchor. You can find the podcast on Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Deezer. Um. You got player FM, you got Pocket Cast, you have Podcast Addict, you have um Podchaser, um, you have Reason.fm, you have Spotify, Stitcher, you even have Podfriend, you have you have Tune in radio, Google Podcast, and don't forget to listen to meticulous vibe juice podcast episodes on iHeartRadio. Radio. You can also watch the episodes on Twitch, and you can also watch it on the YouTube channel, which is which is the same name as the show, meticulous vibe juice podcast. Um, and speaking on YouTube. I need you to subscribe to that channel, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast YouTube channel. Be sure to enable alerts alongside with grabbing the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live. Um, upcoming episodes, more video content, previous episodes, uh, be sure to leave a like and a comment with the episodes along with the topics that was being discussed. Um, also, um, before I continue with the rest of the YouTube channel, if you'd like to m- make a charitable donation to support Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, you can could, you could do that. You can go to um, my Cash App, which is, which is Dollar Sign G Money Stacks 555. My cash app is dial sign G capital G M O N E Y capital S um, T A C K Z 555. It's not about breaking the bank with having a lot of money. It's about whatever amount that you can, that you can contribute and what you can afford is what really is. What really matters. Any amount will be appreciated. All right? I just want to put this out there. You don't have to have a lot of money to to support somebody. Um all right. Now, okay. The rest of the YouTube thing. Okay. So, you can share the video. Be sure to be sure to download your favorite episodes. Um Also, be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Be sure to share the podcast along with all your streaming platforms that I just mentioned with your friends. All right. And if you missed any previous episodes whatsoever, you could go to the link on the podcast page, which is going to say the meticulous vibe juice podcast. I am going to remove the three-letter word, which is duh. And I'm going to switch it back to Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. So don't worry about that. It's going to be the same page. So you, you're still following the same page. You just, you know, you get the gist. Anyway, anyway, um, I'd like to thank every single um, listener who have been rocking with me, tuning in and listening to the show and and I know it's been um, a week since I didn't record and as I said in the beginning I had to take some um, some mental health time for myself so and also um, my laptop is down so I'm gonna get another one in about maybe two weeks so so I will be back on my laptop grind again. So, um, that's gonna do. That's gonna do it for the show. Um, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for rocking with me, listening to me, and being able to being able to um stick around. And you know, we're gonna have more episodes, more topics of music artists, TV shows, and movies to review. So. I want you to be safe. I want you to, you know, reach out to your friends, see how they're doing mentally, physically, spiritually, which is part of um, mental health check checking. Um, also, you don't have to wait for May to, to basically um, reach out to somebody for Mental Health Awareness Month. It's 365 days in a week, and there is no right time to reach out to somebody. You just go with your instincts. That person might be fine on the outside, but on the inside, that person is not. So be sure to reach out to to your loved ones, your friends, your family members, um, <clears throat> and stuff like that. So like I said, G Money Stacks clocking out. Have a good night. Peace and one love. Check this out. If you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. First off, if you'd like to make a charitable donation to support Meticulous Vajus podcast to help it grow, you could you could give any amount will be appreciated. It's not about breaking the bank, it's about doing your best. So that's cash app. Um, dollar sign G money stacks 555. And like I said before, it's not about breaking the bank to make me happy. It's, it's based on what you can afford. Now, when you're on Instagram, you type in the search engine, meticulous vibe juice podcast. When you, when you see the profile picture saying Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, click on it and it's gonna take you to the show's page where it has the link in the bio where it says Linktree slash Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. And it's gonna lead you to stream choices after you click on it. And the list goes like this. We are on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Deezer, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Friend, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser. Don't forget to leave a five star rating in Pod Chaser and Podfriend for reviews. Tell us what you think about the episodes, what we should do better as far as what topics to talk about in the future. We are also on Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Don't forget to listen to Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, I need you to tell your friends. To go grab the subscribe button, enable alerts on when the show goes on the air live via live stream, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the, the videos, tell a friend to tell a friend, rate, download your favorite episodes, and please share the podcast, including the audio streaming platforms with your friends. I'm G-Mini Stacks. Thank you for listening. Peace out. One love.